Hey, girlfriend. Hey, girlfriend. Hello, you lovelies out there. We are so excited. We are coming today for a live discussion of love and what it means to us as middle-aged women, as girlfriends of a certain age. We're going to riff on what it, it means, and maybe you can relate if you are another girlfriend of a certain age. So I am so excited to just jump right in. Um, it's, you know, around the day of Valentine's, you may love it, you may hate it. Let's like, <laughs> like kind of put it all out there on the table. It can be a little complicated. It's complicated. It is so complicated. Yeah. So let's talk. And I want to, um, I want to toss the ball to you first and just mm. ask what, what are you feeling girlfriend about about love at this stage of life? Oh my God. Just a small question. That's a little question. Just a little question. You know? So my, the first thing that happens is like, a, <laughs> there's like a lump in the throat and I already feel emotional. So when you and I talked about this topic, uh, you know, the Grammys had, had mm -hmm. just happened and that Joni Mitchell song of both sides now, which was playing on repeat you know, before that was like really a thing in my childhood, oh. my parents were listening to that song. I remember my music teacher, even in elementary school had us singing it. And even as a child, like feeling emotional, it's an emotional mm. song, oh. watching that queen make her return to the stage yeah. in her throne. But I was listening to the words, you know, mm. I look, I've looked at love from both. I'm going to cry. Oh from both sides now and like I feel like um I make it this teeter-totter yes. point in my life it's truly a midpoint yes as my 12 year old likes to remind me you're halfway through life mom mm -hmm. if you live to be a hundred you're half done I'm like wow yeah yeah but love is different for me at this stage of life I can't deny it oh it's real it's that's the honest truth yeah Love changes as we change. Yeah. So, so much of my life, I was chasing love. Yes. Do you love me? Am I good enough? Am I enough? Am I pretty enough? Am I this enough? Am I <laughs> oh my all God. the things about identity and self and yes. self-love, which turns mm -hmm. out everybody was right. It's from us. It's from within. That's right. So something about that Joni Mitchell song and it got you too, you said. Oh, absolutely. It yeah. absolutely got me. And there was, it's so funny that we were riffing on this. We're like the Grammys, like current culture. Cause there was, <laughs> there was one other brief moment from the Grammys that really got me. And I just watched it on replay, but it was the Tracy Chapman song, um, mm. Fast Car, and this this new cover of it from this young country guy. And there was a little controversy around the song because her song never made it to the top of the country charts, but then Luke Combs sings it, this young white guy, and suddenly it's number one. And it's, it was a whole thing. But their sort of beautiful relationship when they performed it live at the Grammys. So touching. So touching. And his adoration for her. And this just kind of beautiful musical mentorship love story. Uh, just like, like totally moved me. So that, yeah. that got me crying as well. Yeah. And yes, the Joni Mitchell live performance and that song, both sides now, I really feel it in my bones. And girl, I was like you, I think it's our recovering people pleaser. Like I'm also a recovering romantic. Mm, oh, oh, you know, I was thinking I was, I was meditating <laughs> <Yes>. on, <laughs> right. And we really grew up in like rom-com and I'll even like going back to like complicated movies, like 16 candles, like where is my Jake showing up with like the cake or mm -hmm. say anything? Like, where is the guy holding the music, uh, you know, boom box <laughs> those even exist anymore out in my yard. Right. <laughs> I would have died for something like that. Mm. Kind of like you to 
validate my feelings that I am enough, that I am worthy of love and that it should be this sort of like big gesture professed love. And I do think that part of that as is being younger, mm. right? Like I see with my sons, there's like these really cute rituals going on right now. There's um, candy grams oh. at school. Uh, a, c- a couple of my vocal students are singing um, like song grams for people at their schools because oh. they're part of their like little acapella groups. Oh my gosh. So you could like buy a love song for someone and I don't know about you, but I know when our 12 year old is like, yes, please. Right. And then when you don't get it, you're just like, well, I remember my friends at Berkeley high, we caught on to that and we're like, let's just get them for each other. If nothing else. Oh yeah. Right. Which then like kind of opens up that whole other discussion around, you know, the friend love and the girlfriend love, which I really, really want to get to as well. So I'm seeing this really innocent love blooming Mm -hmm. with the candy grams there's going to be a valentine's day dance at my middle schoolers uh school it's like hilarious he's still on the fence i'm like are you going are you going (laughs) so here they are getting introduced to all of the things Mm -hmm. and i was like you girl i was just like love me show me show me some grand gesture and i think now what i feel so comfortable with my husband feeling like is We've been through the grand gestures. Like we've done the quote romantic thing. Now it's like, let's just do what we're in the mood to do today Mm. and um, really show up for each other more on a daily basis. Oh yeah. Right. Like it's the small day-to-day love gestures that mean so much more to me than some grand holiday, you know? And then, but for some reason it took us forever to get to that point. It took us forever. I've been with my husband over 20 years. Same Yeah. Same. And it's a relatively recent. I mean, we kind of gave up Valentine's Day. I remember we went out to dinner for in Berkeley one time, Valentine's mm-hmm. Day night. Oh, wow. One of these fixed price meals. And he's, you know, I'm going to splurge. We're going to go for it and do all the things. And we love going out to eat. Yeah. It was a miserable class. <laughs> the included champagne mm-hmm. was like. Mm-mm. really like janky your throat you're <laughs> like what <laughs> <It's beverage." laughs> and we realized this is overpriced and terrible wait I love you I love you yeah this doesn't feel like love this feels like it feels performative performative force and we're sitting in this room with a bunch so of true. other people performing right. for themselves for each other for right. Instagram who knows what it, what they were doing it for mm-hmm. for both of us it just completely switched uh I love that. Completely switched. And you're right. It's the daily stuff. It's the the daily. Yeah. It's And it's those small little gestures. It's like when my husband brings me a cup of tea in bed, mm. I call it my Downton Abbey moment of my morning because I just get to sit there and look out my window and kind of feel like some fancy lady. And it, it, it it's just, I love that. Mm. And every time he does that, he's kind of giving me love and I, you know, reciprocate by just ooing and eyeing over how much I love that. And like little small gestures that I'll do for him, you know, making his coffee, little things like that. Yeah. So I feel you, I feel you so strongly on that. That's a beautiful reference too, with both sides now, because there's a light and a dark in relationships. Mm. There's the good time and the bad times. We were talking in our other episode about um, the light we carry with Michelle Obama and how honest she was about how you're going to, you know, not get along with your long-term partner for likely years, you know, when you add it all up, that there's going to be strain, there's going to be ups and downs. And so really let, letting go of that 
performative pressure and being more real with like, kind of, where are we this year? Where, where, where are we? Well, to me, it also speaks to the fact that there's so little modeling Mm. of what a healthy long-term relationship looks like. It's so true. My husband didn't grow up with one. Mm. I sure as hell didn't grow up with one. I did part two with my stepdad. Mm. I did. Yeah. So I got to witness that, which has been incredible for me, but the <laughs> first marriage, not so much. Yeah. yeah you're lucky. Even my, my lucky. mom's take two. Still. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Not great. So, you know, and my husband and I, we look, there's one couple that mm. we can look to that we name of people who've been together for a very long time. And we tell them we look up to you guys. We look up to you. We admire you. And, and it's just really beautiful to see. So it's very rare. And all the people that I know, I Mm -hmm. just, I can really name one couple. Mm. I really look up to. Well, you know, I asked my mom yesterday, we were on the phone and I was like, Hey mom, I'm my next pod. We're going to talk about love. And, and, you know, we're talking about it from a middle life point of view. What about your point of view? She's in her late seventies and my stepdad is in his early eighties. Like, what, what do you look at it now? And she was really cute because she kind of like went back right to the beginning of, you know, the the, the romance and the, the the hot kind of, you know, time, how that then sort of evens out. And then she brought up how really, you know, in your <laughs> golden years, roles shift, mm. the partnership that you've kind of had a, a steady groove might really shift depending on each other's needs, Mm. right? So there's been a different kind of caretaking that she's had to step into, but she was so sweet because she said along with that is a real tenderness. You Mm. know, it's the kind of like golden hour and looking at your partner and looking at your relationship and going, wow, you know, this, we've been together a long time and here we are in this, you know, golden hour. It was so beautiful the way she said it. Oh, I know. Right. Yeah. yeah. Well, and mm-hmm. we're changing, right? Like you, you're through menopause. I'm, I'm still hoping to get there. One of these days. <laughs> You'll get there. You'll get there, honey. I see it. I see it for you. I see it for you too. Okay. So I can feel those shifts and changes. Right. And so the estrogen goes down, testosterone can go up women can get harder and a little bit harsher Mm. as we age. Oh yeah. And my dear friend, David, David Baker, shout out to David, Mm -hmm. um, reminded me recently, he's like, you know, men go through a a kind of menopause too. And I was like, that's a whole other episode that that is dip into. And so there is this way that I see my husband getting like more like big papa, like Mm. I take care of everybody and how he loves that. Mm. He's really growing into being a king. Mm. Shout out to Jacob. (laughs) Bring him the king (laughs) up in my queendom because it's just so beautiful, Mm. right? Like his personality isn't different, but how he's approaching his role, the stage of life, what he wants to be providing. He's Mm. talking about that now. Mm. Well, as a provider, and I'm, I'm like, Tell me more about this provider. (laughs) I love that. But there's that shift and that change too. And so like, it's hard to imagine what that will look or feel like in 10 years. Right. When he grows even more into that. Mm -hmm. And then what's my feisty business going to be like? I don't know. Well, that the both sides now, I mean, it is so interesting. It's like, 
I'm so curious, like the crystal ball, right? Like I continue to think about that. Like for Paul and I, it's like, when will we, we be empty nesters and what will that right. feel like for us? Right. Cause we're such a union around our teen boys. Like it's just, it's, it's the center of our universe right now. What is that going to look like? But we don't know. We, yeah. we don't know what it's going to look like in 10 years, but we, we, we've started talking about it. We're like, mm -hmm. we only have to yeah. live here, here and like around the school mm -hmm. business for eight more years. That's right. That's and right. And what? Right. I want this. You want that. Mm -hmm. Maybe we can figure out the way to do both. Mm -hmm. So we're already like mm -hmm. planting those seeds. Yeah. Right. In the yeah. busyness because life is ramping up. Right. Uh, on us. I feel it. Yeah. But it will be so interesting. And then mm -hmm. and we have each other. Exactly. Well, that leads me to the other big thing is one really big shift I notice in middle age. And I think this is such the gift of aging is that we recognize that one person Cannot, cannot fill us. No, cannot be all things. They cannot be all things. And we really were sold that line. We really were through all kinds of different things from the fairy tales to the stories and, you know, shout out to so many new um, narratives around that, that are like really challenging that. But I think you and I from Gen X definitely grew up feeling that way. Right. So I really value my girlfriends like you and my other dear friends. I really value my other family members and my intimate, you know, close relationships with them. I value my creative community who I get to be creative with. Those people all give me something different that I could never get from one person. And I really feel bad for Paul because there was a time where I was trying to trying to get everything out of this one person. I know about that. Right? <laughs> and by the way, for men, it's apparently even worse because as women age, this is just statistically, they tend to hold on to their intimate relationships. Men are having less and less intimate. I mean, when I say intimate, I mean like uh, close friendship, mm. intimate friendships. They're, they're on a whole having less and less of these. Mm. And the way I at least see it play out is many older men really don't have a social network beyond their mate. Mm -hmm. And that's not healthy for them or their mate. So I think that it's a great thing to model back to your point of, yes, have a romantic, healthy, well-balanced relationship. Also have a kick-ass, incredible community because you're going to need that. You're going to need that both individually and as a couple. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I mean, that can't be stated enough. And, you know, we've talked about this before, but statistically, it's going to be the ladies hanging out on our rocking chairs. You know, our our men just don't have traditionally not lived as long as women. Mm -hmm. And now, um, you know, with all these medical advances that we're having, I, I, I expect to live a very long life. Mm -hmm. I sure hope my husband's there with me. Mm -hmm. But statistically, mm -hmm. we know it's going to be the ladies. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And what does that mean? Mm -hmm. and, and what will that look like? And it's a it's a good reminder too, to make sure that we're like, kind of considering things down the road, you know, to, to make sure that we are taken care of, right? So hard conversations to have, maybe you don't pull that out on Valentine's Day. <laughs> so when you die, just want to make sure that we're all set I have of, all the passwords. Right? Yeah, right, right. Where are all those passwords? <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's, it's like, it's like real stuff. It's real talk and how that's also important for us. And that's also a part of love is like, uh, setting each other up for success if yeah. we're not there like what would the social network be for our husbands if something were to happen to us um you know 
And I know other people who, you know, who are, you know, past retirement and Mm -hmm. questioning these things for themselves too. Yeah. You know, and it is part of that arc of love. And I guess I I just didn't expect to feel that it would feel so different. Mm. And I think part of it too, is this work that you and I are doing around the recovering good girl piece, because the more boundaries I have, Mm -hmm. the more clean my love is for the ones I really love it's so true and I don't have I'm not the energy that I was spending yes with people who were not a match for me whether it was emotional or I just plain didn't like them or they just plain didn't like me but I was trying to make them like me or whatever the thing is once I let all that go I had more energy for my people I love that it's like I do want to be invested well it's like that great mo that we tell to each other like is it a hell yes are they a hell yes? Because if they're not, mm, what right? are we doing? I, what are we doing? What are we doing? We got, we got the, you know, we're, we're middle-aged now. We don't have endless time, time to wait. Time for this shit. Right. We don't. Yeah. So it's really, it's really true that like, it's gotta be meaningful. It's gotta matter. And I also think that that really speaks to our own authenticity, that we are really trying to show up more fully, right? As a recovering people pleaser, we are really trying to be more honest with who we are, faults and all, right? And so I think we're going to be attracted to other people who feel genuine. Mm. And I do think that that is what I really am appreciating in my loving relationships right now is how can we really be genuine with one another, right? And sometimes the best way you can love someone is to say, I can't, or another time, or, you know, whatever that is. So for some of you who are um, going through some things or who are alone, genuinely being yourself and showing up for the people you love in life is like the Valentine's Day that keeps on giving all year round. Because mm. I just do feel like every time I do that as a recovering people pleaser, recovering good girl, and I really am honest with who I am and putting my full self out there, it like it gives me an opportunity to make the kind of uh, genuine connections that I've always been seeking. Mm, absolutely. Well, and you're bringing up something um, I think needs needs to be said out loud because yeah. Valentine's Day, that season can be so complicated oh, for God. our girlfriends of a certain age who do feel alone or who do feel lonely. And we know what an epidemic this is. I know a lot of married people who feel hella lonely. Oh my God, totally. <laughs> because we never merge the way the fantasy happens, right? Mm. We're still ourselves. Yeah, We're still ourselves. But yes, a lot of couples either, mm. you know, married or feel estranged a little bit. Yeah. 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 And so I just feel like too, one of the things that that I think a lot about is when I feel that way, when I'm feeling disconnected, Mm. the first thing I want to do is go help somebody else. Mm. And so I just feel called to remind our girlfriends that if the story is not what you were sold Mm -hmm. (laughs) or you're not feeling satisfied or fulfilled in some way, to go and find a way to provide that for somebody else, you know, whether it's serving food at a, at a homeless shelter or helping women in domestic abuse situations. I'm just throwing out some ideas, but there's so many different ways to help and give mm-hmm. back and support. And that is its own kind of love, mm. being of service in a really clean, authentic way mm-hmm. and helping bring other people up, give them a little bit of comfort or support. So I just... Um, yeah, I, I'm. Um, I was gonna say customer support. 
I can't think of what it's called, right? Oh, I'm having a, I'm having a midlife brain moment. Okay. <laughs> community service. My middle schoolers is being asked to do like a lot of community service this year. And I was just talking with him about it, that, you know, it, I know it's going to be a lot. We're going to roll up our sleeves and mm-hmm. it feels so good. It does feel really Doesn't good. Doesn't that feel good? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But I think really sometimes we have to be pushed to mm-hmm. do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's a really good point. That's a different kind kind of um, love and showing up for yourself if you're feeling a little like not connected. And then there's also an interesting way. I mean, there's, there's a real difference. And I want to acknowledge that between feeling disconnected from your partner or significant other, because there really is a strain going on. And then this more sort of existential thing that I feel like as we get older, I just start to feel more, which is like, wow, like at the end of the day, we are still alone, right? You know, there's that beautiful song by Stevie Wonder, they won't go when I go. And it is intense, but it's, it's true. And so we have each other, but we really do need to invest in ourselves so that that, that dependency um, is there, but it's like, it's, it's not all we have because getting comfortable with ourselves, getting our, getting comfortable with solitude, Mm. you know, and, and to a certain extent, some loneliness is, is not a bad thing. Oh gosh. No, no, no. I like, I really like hanging out with myself now. I really like it. There was a way in my twenties, I had to keep chasing that company because that just that sort of being by myself didn't quite sit well. Now it really feels like it sits well, Mm. and that is self-love. Exactly. Ding, ding, ding. In all of its forms. Yeah. In all of its forms. I, I think even like sexually, the, 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 even that putting the pressure on somebody else to satisfy us. Oh, right. I think there's a lot of pressure on us, a lot of pressure on our partner um, or partners, whatever mm-hmm. your story is. And I think that there's something so powerful about mm-hmm. filling up your own body mm. with uh, flooding your brain with oxytocin and the nitric acid that relaxes the blood vessels. And I just... I mean, you know, I, I talk about this all the time. Mm-hmm. I just think masturbation needs to be like required activity yeah. for everybody. Yeah. And I think that's why it's been such a lockdown. Mm. You know, small children are told they're going to grow hair on their hands or whatever weird superstitious religious, religious organizations mm. put on people because they know how powerful it is. Right. If you're taking care of yourself, yeah. and like really feeling yourself, yeah. you take that any way you want. Yeah. That makes you hard to control. It does. It does. And it's so empowering. It's and so empowering. And you'll know what pleases yourself. Mm-hmm. And, and and then you can help show your partner or partners what pleases you. And you can you can share that yeah. with them. Or just continue to please yourself. And those can be two different exactly kinds of intimacy. Totally different things. Yeah. And I mean, so I love talking about masturbation. I just like my I know I love that. Anything. I love that. Well, and it's yeah, it's kind of later in life mm-hmm. that I'm like, you know, why aren't we talking about mm-hmm. it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was quietly reading books about mm-hmm. it, and other women talking about the empowerment of it. And yeah, let's we all need to just well wave our freak flags. We need to wave our freak flags. I think younger women are talking about it a lot more, but mm-hmm. in our generation, it was like boys did that and right. it was kind of acceptable. You know, and the but girls also kind of gross. A little right, a little considered gross, but girls were not talking about girls doing were that. not talking about doing no, that. No, absolutely not. And and that's just one form of self self-care and self-love. And so I think there's so much we can be doing around having good boundaries and mm-hmm. like just 
treating ourselves with kindness. I think too many people punish themselves. They don't call it that, mm. but like getting overextended financially or not finding a new job when their job makes them miserable. I just think there are lots of little things that we do to ourselves mm. that are so unloving Yes, and just carpet, make this base carpet level of our, of ourselves that are just like old and old fashioned mm -hmm. and, and unalive yeah. and I don't know if that made any sense. That sound, I, in my mind, doesn't sound like a word salad, but hopefully that what I'm trying to convey is that there were so many ways that we can be loving ourselves in a really gentle. And I mean, as cliche as it is, it's it's so true that you really do have to love yourself before you can allow other people to love you. You really have to be comfortable enough with yourself to to accept yourself because then you can accept others. And the beautiful thing I found is the more I've been able to accept my full self, the good, the bad, the hard, I'm much better at accepting others and accepting my partner and accepting my family members. And they do that thing and it drives me crazy. And it's like, oh yeah, I have that thing that drives someone else crazy. Like we all have the things. And that is such a beautiful acceptance, which then I think does allow for uh, our bodies to flood ourselves with more good feelings, mm. right? We're not hiding, we're not um, repressing certain things and only letting certain things out. I mean, back to your word about the Valentine's Day dinner and the performative, you know, there's kind of a performative self-love and we see it and we read it, but like, what, what, what does that really actually mean for you, right? It may not be a bubble bath, it may be going out and walking in the city, you know, in the, in the heart of like the buzz, like maybe that's what you want and need and desire. So it can, it can mean a lot of different things. It doesn't have to be the cliche stuff. Well, I love it. I feel like we covered our, our, um, our self-love and our intimate love. And I'll say, I have one other tradition and I really love this. Um, I, because I have two sons, always felt like it was really, really important to show them that mommy and daddy have date nights and that we go out on Valentine's day, but we don't really either. We also like, we go around Valentine's day, but we, we don't like, you know, you don't do the night no, nonsense. No, Paul thinks it's, you know, just a BS holiday anyways, but <laughs> I'm like, let's, let's just go out another night and like, not have that goofy pressure with the, with the weird champagne and all that and get charged double or whatever. Right. Um, but be, as well, I always like to have like a family, um, with my boys, mm. uh, Valentine's night, mm. we like make something special. Uh, uh, usually Paul grills, like some beautiful salmon or something. I get like a nice dessert and we kind of are training them to show them like, this is a way you can celebrate love, like through food, through being with each other. Um, just to kind of give them a little sense of, of um, bringing them into the fold, that it doesn't have to be the super exclusive thing that just moms and dads or partners do. I like that a lot. I'm, can I, can I take that? Absolutely. And truthfully, when they were really little, it was literally grabbing burritos and going up to the um, wedding site where we got married, which is in the Redwoods and just like running around. And as they've gotten older, we've like made it a little bit fancier and I put out a tablecloth and it's, yeah, it's just to give them a sense of, of what this is. And I feel like, especially as boys and young men, we're really showing them what, you know, at least one, um, style that you could do to give them a sense of it. 
I like that a lot. Please yeah, do. I think, I think my, yeah. my kids do feel excluded. Like when we go out for a nice dinner, how come we, we don't get the nice meal. You take us out for pizza and burgers. We're like, cause that's all you want. Right. So, dude. That's a good point. I don't even take them to the fancy rest. They'd be like, can we just have noodles with butter? Oh my God. My boys would be like another course. How long is this thing? <laughs> They like to eat and bounce. They exactly. would be so over it. Yeah. Yeah. No three-hour meals. No. Down at a restaurant no. where they just sit still. Like <laughs> <laughs> it's happening. Right. Um, but you could do the more family-friendly version of whatever that is. I've been is. doing like a little breakfast thing, but I love, we do have something we call family date night. That's really cute. But I've cute. never tied it in with Valentine's Day. Yeah. Oh, well, I love the family date night idea. That's still the same idea. Same idea. Yeah. But. I like, I like what you do on Valentine's Day. I'm going to take that too. Well, well, this was good. This was great. I'm feeling the love and I'm feeling it in like a real heartfelt way. So let's just remind our, you know, um, people pleaser um, loveys out there that if you're feeling a little bit of the mixed pressure, the weird kind of mixed vibe that sometimes Valentine's Day can frankly feel really depressing, just know that that's like this weird pressure and you don't have to buy it. You don't, you can make that day whatever you want and it can be nothing at all if that's what you need this year. So I just say, reinvent it the way you want to have it for yourself. Keep tuning into what feels good for you and express to the people in your life what you're calling in so that they can, they can be on board with that. I love that. I love that. Too. And I love you. I love you, girlfriend of Happy a certain Valentine's age. Day. And it's our birthday month. There's just like lots of loving, exciting, and should we make a little? Someone's turning fifty. Dr. Valentine's Day is, but still, we're it's the birthday month, so it's the birthday month. It's a lot. It's starting. It's a lot of feelings right now. Okay, (laughs) fair enough. All our love. Woo! Hello. On that note, the sun's shining through. Wow. Wow. Okay, it's time to say goodbye. Okay, bye, girlfriend.